Yo, what is good, ladies and germs? Welcome to another episode of CHN Radio. This is episode 219, I think. I'm, I'm pretty sure of oh, is it? CHN. I'll take oh, it. it. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, of CHN Radio, I am Elijah, of course, joined by noted beer hater Joshua D. Josh, how are you doing? New food take, new week. <laughs> doing okay. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I knew you didn't like beer, but then you tweeted it and it reminded me, and I was like, ah. I don't think anyone really likes beer. I think you've just convinced yourself. What do they call that when it's like everybody's in on it and you don't know that you're in on it? There's some sort like, of psychological expression. Well, there's there, there's the Stockholm Syndrome, which is like being kidnapped, but then you've like convinced yourself that the kidnapping is actually good. Yeah. It's like, it's like that, which is like you could say the beer industry has this like that yeah, you've it's been not fooled. like because because yeah. look what's happening is you're getting you're having the uh, this adverse effect of getting drunk and you lose all common sense when when you're drunk so then of course you think that what's happening is good but actually it's poison okay i will say this i'm but not, I'm not a, like i'm not like a teetotaler or anything I'm, like, I'm not drunk i'm drinking a raspberry hibiscus ale and it yeah. tastes good yeah just it's just a single beer i just like it, i like i like cider better Okay, well, okay, Th- that's, okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. Is that a little more I mean, reasonable? I, yeah, no, it's reasonable, I mean, I, it's reasonable to me, because I like sours, so, yeah. like, I'm, I'm, clo- I'm closest to you, <laughs> I'm basically, like, I'm basically, like, a, like, kombucha with sugar, and then you, you that, that's a, that's a cider for you. All right, yeah. um, anyway, uh, be sure to subscribe, wherever you get your podcast, all that kind of jazz. Um, for more beer talk. Yeah, for more beer talk, uh, I've been manually trying to tweet out these podcasts because um, Mr. Twitter Man uh, just ruined everything. If if anyone wants, and this is like this is a complete aside, and I'm going to just say this quickly, it's a it's a plug of another podcast that is not related to this at all. Mm. But there's a history podcast by two very left leaning comedians. Um, they just did their 600th episode. Uh, well, it's and it's it's actually two parts and it's three hours and it's insane because it's all about Elon Musk. And after listening to that over the course of the last two weeks, everything about Elon Musk makes sense, like everything. Um, Fair dues, yeah, yeah. So if you if you have the time, you've got a long commute, and I know you're already listening to this, might as well give that a listen. Um, especially if you hate the Twitter man as much as I do. And I'm sure Josh does. I don't want to speak for Josh, but well, no, but I've also, you know, if you're sitting in your hands, free Tesla and you've got time, go for it. Yeah. Figure it's it, true. Get, and get to know how it all started. Ironically, like one of the people who is like, they, they do it with a guest and she has a Tesla and she's mm-hmm. just like, by the end of it, just is like completely of ashamed of, yeah. <laughs> of having one. It's just, he's a, he's a wild boy. And, Everything makes sense, and I'll just leave it at this. Like everything makes sense when you realize he's got some major daddy issues that he is not going to counseling for. Mm. So, anyway, um, all that to say, listen to our podcast. Uh, not a lot of daddy issues on this one. No um, Tesla talk. Yeah, no Tesla talk. Uh, in fact, Josh is a dad. Um, so, in yeah. a good one too. So that's oh, better. Yeah, yeah, you're better than Musk. So. There you go. All right. Anyway, um, let's 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 hop. Yeah, very low bar. Let's hop into it. Uh, there's a couple of bits of news. Um, our normal our normal our normal spiel, and then we got a, a, a pretty quick review. I think <laughs> not going to be a not going to be a long one, and then a couple quick previews for you. Okay. So let's start with a little fantasy update, Josh. I know I did really well last yeah. week. I think I scored seventy points or something. That's you did well, yeah. And and the, all the points have been updated. So if the last time that anybody checked was on Sunday, you might want to go back and just double check your points because those have been updated since then. I don't know why they do that, but it does. Uh, fast fantasy update. I've taken back first place with seventy seven oh, oh, points. So yeah. I have I have three hundred ninety nine points total. Comeback Carius dropped down to second. He only had 62 points. Mags in Madrid jumped up to third on, with an 83-point week. The biggest week was St. Louigans with 104 points. And I was like, how did you do that? He had Trippier and Botman. So, yeah, good for him. Mm, yeah, I, I, I got rid of Trippier like two weeks in because that's I was looking crazy. at the matches. 
Um, and, and I was like, all right, well, I got to get some. I, you know, it wasn't because I wanted a better defender. He is a good, he's very good, but yeah, you just didn't because, have a lot of faith in Newcastle getting clean sheets and not, uh, not in those games, but also that I felt like I could be better spent putting my money into midfielders. And it That's didn't work right. out, it didn't work out for me. Um, because I also gambled on keeping Isak instead of Wilson. And there's like, you can only make one change a week. And I was like, slowly but surely trying to turn my ship around here. And so it's a good thing I got off to a big start the first couple of weeks. But um, yeah, so if you still have Trippier, congratulations. I think from here on out, it should be really good. Um, and I'm going to try to get him back this week. How you doing? Man, that's great. H-O-W, how you doing? Oh, my God. Right. Uh, 87-point week. Uh, Shamod PDX and PDX Mad Mac JG, both with 86 points this week. Um, my fine friend, you've jumped up three more spots after a good 80 point week. Uh, so Thank you're you. no, you're, I think you're fifth bottom instead of bottom. So you're yeah. moving on up slowly, but surely, yeah. uh, there's no midweek games. There's no games on Friday. Uh, so make your changes, make your transfers Friday. I don't do them right away. I wait till that last day of the week, just in case there's injuries on the training ground or somebody walks away from the team entirely. You never know. It's true. Um, yeah, uh, for all my fellow uh, James Madison owners, uh, just be wary. 75% chance of playing. So we'll see. That's all I got for you fantasy-wise. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's when you bench him and then you play your bench points just in case. Yeah, the issue is I've got – I forgot to drop Rico Henry last week. I might I'm, mm. I might have to – damn, I might have to eat the, uh, the transfer penalty this week. Might be worth the point turnaround. No, yeah. it, uh, it it is okay. Anyway, uh, all right. All that to say, let's let's hop into the women's team. Mm. They had a, a, a an eventful week um, as well. So let's, let's yeah. So Newcastle United women are still fourth with a nine point uh, with nine points from the first three played. Um, their game versus Burnley last week was postponed due to the sad death of Sheffield United player Maddie Cusack. Um, the details of her death have yet to be released, but the police have informed us that no foul play. Um, so there's nothing questionable. It's just sad. Uh, and so uh, there was a, a moment, a, a moment of silence or no, of applause for her, I think. Yeah. The be- in the eighth of, minute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In the beginning and, and then at the eighth minute. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and then of course, Newcastle's game, uh, the women's game with Burnley was postponed to be played at a later date. Um, next up for, the Lady Mags are Birmingham and West Midlands in the FA WNL Cup this Sunday away at the Trevor Brown Memorial uh, Stadium. So um, they're going to they're gonna get uh, get going in their cup run, and uh, and and hopefully uh, they they do well. Um, there was a note for the developmental team, and um, I think you noted a, like a lot of people were like. What about that developmental team, hey? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> look, I've been following Newcastle United for like 30 plus years. At no point in my fandom has anybody other than like myself taken a look at how well the developmental team has done. <laughs> so, well, um, well, I'll say this. It again, nobody even knew about the developmental team until the Newcastle's New, Newcastle's men's team nearly matched the developmental team scoreline. Yeah, like that was, was the that only reason that yeah, they, the developmental team won nine nothing. Uh, so, and the well fact done. that I was starting to see tweets about the women's developmental team in midway through the uh, Newcastle match, I was like, "Why the hell are people asking if we're going to do as well as the women?" I was like, "I know they didn't play today." And then I go to the women's Twitter, and I was like, "We're talking about the developmental team." Oh, and they won nine nothing. Okay, I could see why people are are asking if Newcastle are going to do as well as good as them. Okay. Uh, so yeah, new developmental team won. There was some some braces in there. Some, so they got some names on that team. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, and then kind of moving on real quick, Newcastle announced a partnership with um, American company BetMGM. Who, if you're American and you're in a gambling state, you've probably heard of them and their their Jamie Fox commercials, where Jamie Fox is placing bets, and it's. We're in a dystopian hellhole. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so yeah, Newcastle's got a partnership with them, which I don't understand how that's not conflicting with the Fun 88 partnership that still is in existence and still is set to exist beyond this year. Uh, but cool. I guess mm, 
I guess the only justification yeah. is that Fun88 is a Chinese company, and I think you can only use their services in China, and BetMGM is moving to the UK uh, this season. So, I'm sure, whatever. Cool. Take the money while you can, because uh, the uh, the wicked whisper I'm hearing is uh, they're going to change. They're going to change that, right? Like soon, maybe next year or something. You won't be able to take money from betting companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take uh, as much as you can. Yeah, and also there's they're well, they're all money, sturdy money. So yeah, well, the, yeah, that's a whole yeah, other the, podcast. I'm about to say this is just a really just depressing <laughs> anti-capitalist episode of CHN Radio, but. All that to say, uh, the good news is that Newcastle um, made history, Josh. I don't know if you heard. Um, well, actually, you did hear because I think you were listening to the match. Yeah, uh, yeah. Newcastle beat Sheffield away 8 nothing. Um, there's a lot of history that was mentioned. It's the first time there's ever been eight different goal scores in a Premier League match. It's the first time. It's the, it's the best away performance in Newcastle club history. Um, it almost was the best away performance in Premier League history. One goal off. Um, Leicester has that record. But again, historic day for our mags. And um, I'm not going to say I called it, but I did say that I think Newcastle. You had um, more encouraging com- words. I did. I said that it'd be a pretty comfortable win. And when they made subs, the subs would just come in and tack on a couple extra goals. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. I just wasn't expecting it to be a, a three nothing at the half. So, yeah, and it was um, like a yeah. few more and a few more and a few. Did you see? Did you see Lester's tweet? They they tweeted. Oh yeah, out no, that was he, hilarious. I was going to bring it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, we're, oh, sorry. Well, you, you, you have to say it. No, no, I was just going to oh. bring it up in general and ask if you'd seen it. But since you brought it up, go ahead and let the people know what what it was Lester's just a, tweet. like. Few. <laughs> yeah. Few. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah i think that's really funny because uh you know did they 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 won nine nil or did they lose nine nil i think they they won nine nil yeah 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 pretty sure yeah Yeah. it would be even funnier if they were the recipients of the zero nine thrashing i don't Mm. i i I didn't look that up for historical context but i just thought that the tweet was really funny yeah it was uh they beat southampton nine nothing Mm. in uh in 2019 and there's your record. It yeah, stands. and it's well, it's it's actually technically, it's technically a joint. Well, I, actually, no, I think there's someone surpassed the the actual total goals. I think someone won twelve one last year or something like that. But yeah, it is the biggest away win in the history of English top flight football. So um, yeah, 2019. Yeah, that's that's a tough one if you're Sunderland to uh, <laughs> to be a part of. Luton oh, better watch out. Yeah, I mean, Loon better watch out, but I mean, yeah, that I'm just out of curiosity. I'm just going to read the Sunderland team just out of just because it again, this doesn't make sense as to why they lost. Angus Gunn and Gold, Bednarek, Yoshida, and Vestergaard were their three center backs. Jan Valeri, well, that's a name that I hadn't heard in a minute, as a right wing back. James Ward Prowse, Oriol Romeo, Pierre Emil Hoisberg, Ryan Bertrand, Danny Ings, and Nathan Redmond was that Southampton team. Oh, they had an early red card. Okay, that makes sense. Ryan Bertrand mm-hmm. got set off in the 12th minute. Okay, that that kind of makes sense. You know who who also was in that match though from the Leicester perspective? Who? Two two names that that might be of interest for Newcastle folks. Iosi Perez and Harvey Barnes. Oh. Both both started that. Was that, and James Madison. That must have been Iosi Perez's first year there. Uh October 2019 yeah I think so Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah I mean a very typical Leicester team up until they basically like kind of the typical Leicester team you saw until they got relegated Schmeichel Pereira Johnny Evans Sion Chu Chilwell Ndidi Perez the the whole the whole nine yards I guess all right anyway uh Let's uh let's get in let's get into the uh, the match itself. Um, we're gonna start with a little bit of uh, the old three words, um, which were positive. <laughs> so uh, a few a few to to talk about. Uh, Eric Schmidt says blades need sharpening. One lost muffin mm. says completely totally speechless. Kim Avery says magpies blunt blades. That's a pretty good one. Joe Avery feckless blades battered. And also, I don't know if you want to do this, Josh, but Kim and Joe, I've, I've met them in real life. Lovely people. They actually compete with each other to see who comes with the better three words. So I think we should just, like, decide which okay. one is better. Okay. So um, 
uh, feckless blades battered or magpies blunt blades which one Mm, feckless blades battered yeah i've never heard of the word feckless so Mm, that's a good one that's a good one it's more yeah well because 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 of that i I appreciate that let's do that one yeah yeah joe joe wins this round stork nine says eight is enough and Malcolm McDonald, who <laughs> uh, not it's not the actual Malcolm McDonald, says eight is enough as well. So, um, yeah, so that's Maybe the he three is words. The actual Malcolm McDonald, he's just not. Uh, he's not oh, worth Malcolm. We're not McDonald. we're not giving that that clout to that guy. <laughs> so, uh, um, all right, so uh, real quick, Josh, do you have any three words you want to? Yeah, learn? yeah, that's the way. Oh, that's the way. I like it. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Okay, uh, so real quick, uh, go through the old lineups, and then we'll probably quickly. Or we're not going to go through every goal. Um, <clears throat> no watch the highlights. Like it's <laughs> it was just, honestly, if you have Peacock, watch the entire game again. It's genuinely a pleasurable game to watch. Uh, like the movement from Newcastle was was great throughout the entire match, but it's not important. Um, so yeah, from the Newcastle side, uh, Nick Pope and goal, Dan Byrne at left back, Sven Botman, Fabian Cher, Kieran Trippier. Standard back line. Elliot Anderson got the start in this mm. one with Bruno in the middle, with Sean Longstaff as well. Harvey Barnes with the start. Cal Molson and Miguel Amaron. Again, somewhat expected rotation given that they also played last week in the middle of the week. We talked about that. Um, and then for Sheffield, uh, kind of our suspect, our suspicions were, were, I guess, confirmed in terms of, I think we were pretty spot on in some of the, the guys we thought would, would make appearances. Uh, Chris Cameron Archer and Mac James McAtee started for them up top with, uh, they played uh, three in the back kind of sort of formation um, with Jaden Bogle and uh, Luke Thomas playing as kind of winger slash wing backs, um, which that might've been the issue off rip because neither one of them are actually uh, fullbacks. So might have been an issue. Oliver Norwood in the middle alongside Gustavo Hammer or Hammer. Uh, and then Vinicius de Souza Costa started as defensive midfielder for them. He's actually one of their best players on matches all over the place. I think he's definitely a player that might get bought. He's 24, might get bought if they uh, end up getting relegated. Yeah. Uh, and then they had a back three of Jack Robinson, um, their captain, John Egan, and uh, Anel Ahmed has his oh. Good Lord, they got some names. Anil Ahmedhozojic. That's right. Zodic, sure. Uh, and then uh, Wesley Fodderingham uh, in goal with a FOTMOB rating of four. So that that's sucks the one that, like, that kills me. Like, I don't Yeah, it's, it's tough. I, I mean, like, I, poorly of the of the guy, but, like, if you're if you're getting a, how old is he, 37? For Pete's sake, like, I well, don't he's know. He's 32, I, but, but still, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. You know, like, yeah. if you're, I mean, I know that the budgets are slim. But there's got to be some guys out there where you're like, oh, I'm going to the Premier League. You know, I should probably not take my League One level goalkeeper and have him a starter. There's got to be like, you've got to yeah. option. I mean, something I mean, better. Tim Tim Cruel came back to the like uh, Dubrovka was available. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Freddie Even Woodman would have been a better shot. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. yeah, like it does feel like you got to sharpen up your spine if you're gonna if you have any realistic chance of staying up in the Prem. And I do think. So far, like too often, teams go. We need a flashy attacking player, and they get an unproven striker they can afford. They'll spend twenty million pounds on some guy who's played um, maybe in Europe or in a lower league or in South America, or um, they'll 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 get cute with it and and not strengthen at center back or not strength or they'll buy a fuck a fullback or something like that. So yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. Real quick, I, I do want to note one thing, um, and then we can kind of just talk about our thoughts about the match in general. Uh, one thing that did happen early on, Newcastle were in control from pretty much the very start. Um, it was pretty evident that they were coming in and imposing their game plan. Um, it, we There was a slight issue um, after Newcastle had their first, uh, their first chance. Um, like Wilson and Almiron had combined for a chance. Harvey Barnes had gotten on the action, and then Barnes went down with an injury, um, and Anthony Gordon, who had pretty much played every single match, actually started every single match for Newcastle this season, had finally gotten his opportunity to rest. He didn't want to rest, and the commentators let us know he didn't want to rest. Um, 
he he was subbed back on because Harvey Barnes uh, could not continue. Mm. And um, the Newcastle tech that looked pretty fine all of a sudden looked really good, and that led to multiple goals. Um, I will say there was a little bit of con- controversy on the first goal because Anthony Gordon. Um, the the initial controversy was that uh, he. Uh, like the ball might have rolled out of play, but then upon further review, people were like, oh, the ball hit his hand and blah, blah, blah. Just to say this, um, and I'm sure everyone's seen it now, um, the new handball rules state that if a ball accidentally hits your hand as an offensive player, as long as you don't score, it doesn't matter. And that is why that goal stood. I just don't need feel the need to answer that anymore. Um, but yeah, that that started it all. Um, and then from there, the floodgates opened. Longstaff had the first goal. Dan Bird and then Sven Botman scored off of um, corners um, or off of set pieces. So, again, kind of knew it was cooked for Sheffield once Dan Byrne and Sven Botman scored. Uh, Sven Botman, uh, first goal for the club, by the way. Um, yeah. Well, technically his first goal for the club was in the EFL Cup last uh, last year, but we don't okay. talk about that. Um, Josh, you know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> oh. Own goal. He had an yeah. own goal. Yeah. yeah so. the way yeah, you said That's that, why we don't right? talk about it. We don't talk about own goal. Yeah, yeah, we don't talk about it. Okay, uh, Callum Wilson scored. Uh, Anthony Gordon scored. Miguel Almiron scored. Um, Bruno scored, uh, and Isak scored. Other <laughs> bits of of just notes for all the stats. Trippier with the hat trick of assists. He's the first Newcastle player to do that. So, uh, shout out to him. Uh, obviously, Botman and Byrne had their goals. Longside had a goal. So he's on the score sheet for the season. Miggy scores his first goal of the season. Ellie Anderson picks up his first assist of the season. Bruno scores his first goal and picks up an assist. And Callum Wilson adds to his goal tally uh, on the season. Callum Wilson is, of course, the leading scorer for Newcastle right now with four goals on the season. Um, and Isak is just behind him with three, having also scored in that match. Um, so, yeah, anyway, uh, Josh, honestly, two questions for you. Um, first, is Newcastle back? Do you feel confident about the next stretch of Premier League games for Newcastle? Yeah, yeah. I almost felt like we had a we had a false start, right? We, I think that we played way better against Aston Villa than I expected, and we played we underperformed against Brighton, and and I, then I felt like we had a chance with Liverpool, and we really almost did. Yeah, we. we I mean, we actually. We could have won that. Yeah, and then the city game went exactly as planned, right? And so I just don't think we're t- we were ever too far off of it. And it's too early to look at the table and, and kind of like stress out. But I think that the worst of it is sort of be- behind us. And um, yeah. there might be one or two little runs here during the rest of the season where we have to go back to back against some tough teams, especially if we get out of the group stages of of uh, of of, of um, the Champions League. And we'll see if we do that, but. You know, like, have fun. Loosen up. Have fun. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, a, a, there's there's going to be some tough runs. And honestly, the things that make the runs tough in, in the upcoming weeks is really the the midweek matches, the Champions League matches, as we're already seeing the wear and tear, like Harvey Barnes being down. It's just, it's just and next It could be for up. a while. Yeah, exactly. It could be, could be for a minute. Um, Eddie Howe uh, kind of alluded to that he could be missing some months. Um, but I mean, I think off rip, the only real tough stretch and it doesn't even sound it does, like, again, I, I, I see some names and I get a little concerned, but Newcastle uh, kind of Thanksgiving week, they play uh, Chelsea and then the following Tuesday, they play PSG and then they play Man United and then Everton and Tottenham. That run could be a little dicey. Uh, Chelsea are not good, but no. Man U is all. We, Man U plays this pretty tough. Um, we kind of talked about that. We kind of finally gave it to them at the end of the last season. Everton, I'm not worried about, but Spurs actually look pretty good. And then right after that, we have Milan. Uh, so that's just kind of a tougher little bit of a run. But outside of that, like you said, I think all of these. It's, it seems like Newcastle have seen the worst of it. Um, we already discussed this, but they did, and people have brought it up a bajillion times. They did have the toughest start to the Premier League of any team, um, just the hardest schedule on paper. And they got through that. Um, and so now it's kind of, it's house money at this point. Like, you know, win the matches you're supposed to win, beat the teams you're supposed to beat and focus on champions league. And you should be in a pretty solid spot to at least put yourself in contention for a European spot as we go into January where you can strengthen. 
So uh, big shouts to Newcastle. Um, Only other thing of note that I want to point out is that uh, Chelsea are uh, in 14th right now um, with, uh, you know, two two points above 17th. And they had the easiest start to the uh, to to yeah. to the Premier League. Um, so yeah, that's that's one to watch. Um, but yeah, uh, and then as it stands, the bottom is the the recently promoted teams. Um, okay, and then the other question I have for you, Josh, is what was the most impressive part about that win to you? Um, gosh, I think it was just finishing the opportunities, right? And and there were probably still a few that were left out there, you know. Um. But it was yeah. it, it it was understanding. I would say Wilson had like three one on one chances before he actually scored. Yeah, mm. I think it, it was calming. It was calming down and realizing um, once you had the lead that there was no pressure to perform, mm-hmm. and then I think all of a sudden magically that's when you do better is when you're not trying too hard. And I think Newcastle saw that, and that might even be what led to it, is like Sheffield realized they were way in over their head, and I think that they just made it easy in the end. But also yeah. Newcastle realized it was easy and they stopped stressing out about it and just became clinical because there wasn't the pressure um, on themselves yeah. nor from Sheffield. And so I think just uh, they turned it in, they turned it into a training day, really. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing for me was early on Newcastle. Um, and again, part of it is like there is a definitely a gulf in, in quality. And but that that's the case in the Premier League every single time. And um, there's a difference between obviously losing eight, nothing and, and giving and making it at least difficult for the team. Uh, yeah. I mean, Newcastle, there was a gulf in quality for years when they'd play in man city or Liverpool, but um, Roth Benitez and then to give Steve Bruce some credit, like they'd hunker down and make it as frustrating as possible for the team. And Sheffield didn't do that. Um, they kind of set up a little bit odd. They were a little less defensive than they came out against, you know, a came, than they than they were against some other teams that we yeah. mentioned before, and that ultimately is kind of what did them in um, was that they wasn't that disciplined defensively, and there was just a lot of space, and they had to change systems and all this sort of jazz. But um, to me, the most impressive thing was just getting a ton of shots on target and creating good chances and taking those chances, mm-hmm. um, kind of in the same light as you. But you have to remember before this, like. Newcastle barely like they, their first shot on target against uh, Milan was you know in the 97th minute, and so we had seen for three or three or so weeks Newcastle not really getting a lot of shots off, not really getting a lot of shots on target, and that was one of the things that made Newcastle so good last season was the volume of chances kind of made up for the lack of finishing at times, especially when you think about when Isak and Wilson were both down. Newcastle were still generating you know, multiple quality chances of match and it just whoever had the hot hand was able to finish them. So it was good to see a little bit of that again as well for Newcastle. But again, I don't think anyone in Newcastle is going to be complaining about that result. Uh, I think everyone in Sheffield's going to be complaining. Um, and kind of final closing thoughts for you, Josh, is you kind of talked about this earlier um, uh, and I want to give you some some credit. And I know you got this from from you'd heard this through the grapevine, but I don't really know if anyone else in Newcastle were, was talking about this. But you had mentioned Paul Heckingbottom. This might be a, a hot seat game for him, and um, that seat is probably very warm uh, after a, a rough start to the season in which they were in every match but couldn't finish and couldn't really hold on to a lead or, or hold on to to pick up points in any regard. For that yeah. to happen, and you're already on the hot seat, uh, how much longer do you think he has? I think the he, he's given a little bit of grace just because ownership, the board will will know what they what product they gave him to work with. There and yeah. there there will be some sympathy, understanding. You know, you can only do you can only do so much with what he's been handed. But also, I think a match yeah. like that where you you sort of you laid it out there, the, he they went in with a three, four, three, maybe like a three, four, two, one. And Archer was so, yeah. so far forward that he was basically useless unless he tracked back to help out defensively. And mm-hmm. then, it, and then at that point, like what, what was the point of, what was the point of laying putting him out that way? And it just, and it just felt like he didn't do himself any, any favors. Um, and I think Chris Wilder is the name that has been sort of on the lips of, of people talking about his replacement. I think he might have another match in him, but if, 
if it's if it's a three four five nil loss again i think that's probably that's probably it but if he can hunker down and get a draw get get a point here and there get a get a win somewhere i don't, I haven't looked at their schedule then he could probably drag it out just because of that sympathy um newcastle had the better of possession and th- i think this is something right it you would have thought it would have been higher than 58 percent because mm-hmm. uh, because of the amount of goals like you'd think that they would have had the ball the whole time but actually like sheffield had a, a good chunk of the ball it's just they they didn't they, they couldn't do anything with it they were completely unproductive and as soon as they as soon as they made a pass and, and this is you know Newcastle made their they made their money they, they they just took errant passes straight to the bank right and and the yeah. speed the speed uh, of which with which Newcastle attacked this game this is what I was asking for the last game you're like well what are your three what are your three words and I was like pedal to the metal right mm-hmm. like like two or two or three games ago I was like they need to counterattack faster they 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 get into this press but then only two or three people press at a time. They don't do a full yeah. press. And then like when they get the ball, they're not all forward. And so they can't attack quickly. And sort of like you live by the sword, you die by the sword. But like that's sort of how someone like Klopp has made his made his hay is uh, that gigan press where you get everybody forward at the same time and you're pressing all the positions and you just you caught you cough it up and you're in position for the attack. And I just think that that's what Newcastle did. And against a against a Sheffield team, that's going to work out. But we'll, we'll see how that goes. There, there's much more difficult competition coming soon. Yeah, and on that note, just for folks looking at sack watch, um, I do think that uh, looking at who Sheffield have coming up, um, they've got West Ham uh, this this Saturday, and then they got Fulham after that. Mm. Both matches in which you have to. I think if you're if you're heck and bottom, you've got to pick up. You've got to pick up points in those matches, mm-hmm. at least at least at least three points from the two matches. Maybe you can get away with two points, but then they've got Man U and Arsenal after that. And I think it's it's probably I think it, I'm not going to say the writing's on the wall for him, but if if they lose both the West Ham and Fulham match, it it, it could be clipped for him for sure. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, the final thing of note is it's worth noting that since Sean Longstaff has started for Newcastle. They have three straight clean sheets, mm. so that's a, a fun fact um, mm. for for the folks out there. But again, wonderful match for Newcastle. Let's uh, let's hop into um, the couple of matches they have this week. We're going to do a, not a full preview of the cup match, the cup run. I, I think we kind of learned our lesson last year of maybe don't don't really preview the cup stuff until we actually start to make a cup run. But the Carabao Cup is kicking off. Newcastle, as we discussed weeks ago, um, probably got the worst, uh, not the worst possible draw. But I disagree. Not, uh, I did. I am, look. If we beat Manchester City, yes, yes, it's a clear path. Like it's an easier path to the final. Yes, you'd have to play. You'd likely have to play them regardless. Anyway, but yeah. but but yes. That being said, for your first round. There are teams. There are guys. There are, there are teams in the prim that drew League One sides. And again, that doesn't mean anything for Newcastle because they drew. They drew what a League One or League Two side last year and still lost. So yeah, <laughs> it but doesn't on the, matter. On the flip side, Manchester that City's Cup, yeah. schedule is is absolutely packed. Yeah, and, and and Pep is on the record saying that they're going. To, he's going to rotate and he all yeah. that kind of jazz and and yeah, and, so. and like if you look at it from their perspective they also probably wish they would have drawn league one opposition but they did oh league. yeah they drew the second best team in the league let's go and it's also like i'm not you know this is this is interesting it's it goes back to maybe newcastle's cup run last excuse me last year but like the i don't know if this city team is hungry enough for a efl cup run uh because it's they they just they just won a trouble last year, <laughs> so like, maybe they want a quadruple. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's pro- like it, that's one of those where like there are certain coaches that just have to be really good motivators, and Pep just has to be one of those guys. Like I think of yeah. in in college football, like Kirby Smart, who coaches Georgia, like he basically they just won a national championship, and the entire next season. He had convinced the entire team that the media didn't believe in Georgia and that the media was underrating Georgia. <laughs> and I think like and it's wild. Like they won a they won back to back national championship. 
as like the clear favorite to win the national championship. And every single one of those players, when they were interviewed, were like, you guys didn't believe in us. The media didn't believe in us. And everyone was like, like what? No, everyone, everyone believed in you guys. <laughs> Repeat. Like, anyway, um, all that to say, uh, I'm, I'm sure that there's going to be some motivation for Man City. Um, probably as soon as you listen to this podcast, the match is going to happen. It's yep. a, um, it's a morning, it's a, it's a 9 a.m. Eastern, uh, start for folks in, uh, in, on the East coast and in, in America, even earlier in the day or even, oh, I guess it's, later and it's on day. ESPN plus, And I yeah. think BBC sounds five live. will be having live, yeah. live, uh, yeah. uh, coverage as, as it goes through. So there's, there's ways yeah. to, and then I think newcastle.com, I think, uh, I think your your John Anderson and um, yeah, I think that I think that there will be radio coverage as well. So if you got if you're at work and you got to listen to it on earbuds, there's there's different ways. Mm. Facts, facts. Um, lot of lot of injuries in this one. Uh, a <laughs> lot of injuries. Uh, first and foremost, uh, we'll just go through it. Kevin De Bruyne uh, still dealing with the hamstring injury. Uh, we talked about this already on this pod because we're fantasy fantasy guys now uh bernardo silva is going to be out uh john stones is going to be out kyle walker um uh it's going to be rested uh there were a few players that pep said he's not playing kyle walker is one of them um geez sorry still i'm i'm using the shields gazette instead of the normal injury stuff uh, that i normally use ruben diaz is also going to be arrested um rodri is going to be uh he, he got sent off in the Forest match, I don't think people, I guess no one really realized that because no one was paying attention. But um, it was a straight red, and because that was a league match, he's going to miss this cup match as well. So he's going to be out. Um, Kovacic is going to – he was uh, he was dealing with a bit of a knock, so he's kind of questionable. Joel Anton is, um, is injured, which I don't think we actually talked about, but he's mm. been injured since the international break. Harvey Barnes, obviously, we already talked about. Joe Willock is still out. Um, and Emil Kraft is obviously still out. Um, and I think that's it. But, yeah, 11 total players between the the two sides um, confirmed to likely not be playing. Again, Kovacic could play, um, but he's it's it's not worth it Yeah, um, if, if you're them. Um, but, yeah, again, quick preview. It, this is kind of a different direction. Um, I, I don't think we need to spend time talking about how good Manchester City is. I do think this is probably the first time this season that we're going to see true rotation from Eddie Howe. And by true rotation, I think some of the players that we saw um, in the preseason and then some of the new acquisitions, I think, uh, will have an opportunity to play. Are there any players that you're kind of – Hopeful get a run slash excited to see play, Josh. And again, worth noting, we did see uh, Tino Levermento play as well as Lewis Hall. So we finally got to see um, them play with some extended amount of time. So you'd imagine they're probably going to be in the mix for this as well. Yeah, there's a there's a handful of players, of course. Um, one of which I, I'm, I'm really curious to see if he gets some playing time is Lewis Miley. Oh, that was going to be yeah my 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 pick as well. I think. Oh, fair, fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, go uh, ahead. And and probably for the same reason, just because I think this is a, a rare opportunity to see him. I'm under the impression that How really wants to go slow with him and um, <laughs> go slow, i.e., inject him straight into a, a substitute role against the <laughs> the team that did the triple last year. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, you think I he's think gonna he's, be a sub. I think he's gonna start. He, yeah, he very well may. I mean, we'll, I mean, like if you think about it, he's the only other player we've seen in preseason until now that has played in the same role that Bruno's played in, and Bruno has started almost every single match. Yeah. So yeah. I think that as that sort of shield to the back line, I could one hundred percent see him starting, especially when you have PSG a week from uh, today as we're recording this. So. Well, I'm looking forward to that one too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah uh, so yeah, yeah, you got Lewis Miley. Uh, anyone else you're kind of excited to see? Uh, uh, get I mean, a bit just, of run? just maybe some of that. How much did we spend on those fullbacks this summer? Twelve. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, thirty thirty million on one, forty five yeah. million on the other. So yeah. Um, so both. There you go. I'd like yeah. to see them yeah. both. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I mean, I'm honestly, I kind of have seen. I, I'm I'm actually a little bit more excited to see Lewis Hall, uh, just because uh, I I kind of know Tino Livermento's got to be good. Uh, I've seen him play before. It's obviously been a while for him, but uh, Lewis Hall is someone who's been intriguing just because he actually one of his best matches last season was against Newcastle, and it was just like, who is this kid? And so I'm curious to see him get a little bit more run um and there's still like some questions to be asked of him mm-hmm. as to what is his best position and so i love seeing that come to fruition and i love that journey with elliot anderson as well where it was like is elliot anderson like he's been playing as a cam we don't really have a cam in our system is he going to be a winger is he going to be in the midfield and so i love kind of seeing that self-discovery so i'm excited to see both of them play um, and I think, you know, as far as like youngsters, I think those are kind of the only two that I'm, I'm you know, super interested in seeing. Um, elsewhere, I am, ex- I, I do want to see Tonali uh, put in another pretty solid uh, shift. So I'm, I'm, ex- I'm curious to see how he does as well. But um, big, big, big match. I'm sure LaSalle's is going to play I, and probably Paul Dummett as well, just given how thin we are at center back. So yeah. Um, Josh, do you want to make a prediction? I mean, we don't have to, but I'm just. Um, I think City win it in added on. No, fuck, man, I don't know. I don't know. Like, there's every there's every opportunity Newcastle could. It just seems really unlikely. I, um, I just I, I I think it's one of those where I don't think it'll be for a lack of trying, but I I just think that City like that whole from top to bottom that organization. Um, they just understand how to get to the final game, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, and and not, or the final day or final game, however you want to put it. It's like they know what they need to do to move on in the EFL Cup, and I still don't know if Newcastle really know what they need to do. Like, not like they've done it. They had a cup run, sure, whatever. Um, but I don't think they they all are on the same page as to what it takes to actually just go and get the job done and advance in the cup um, on a consistent basis. And so I'm, that's why I'm like, I, I could see us losing this like two, one just yeah. because certain guys don't know what they're doing. They're not up for it. And we're going to be rotating guys in who haven't really played this season. We have no idea like how, how, uh, what, what Eddie Howe has envisioned for Tino Liverman to or Lewis Hall. Like we have an idea of what they, what fans think they should be doing. But I mean, Live, like this past week, uh, this past match was the first time we saw Livermento played as a right back. Um, he was play, he was he was a winger in his previous uh, substitute appearance, uh, coming on for Miguel Amaron. Same with Lewis Hall. Like we we don't actually know what the plan is for them, and so this is kind of the first time we get to see them in action. Wow. So we'll see. Yeah, it's interesting to see who will be uh, plugged in the center defensive role as well. Um, do they give? You know, do they give Shar and Botman a break, and then what do we get? Do we get Paul Dummett and Jamal Lasell? Like, uh, yeah, that's. I think that's that's got to be the move. Um, I I I would be shocked if Dummett and Lasells aren't the center back pairing tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, again, like, cause it it's it's not even like a it's it's no disrespect for the to the tournament, but it's like just. Botman and Cher have pretty much played every minute they've been available. Uh, Botman literally only missed one match. Uh, and same with Dan Burns. Like, he's he's played every minute he's been available. So, you just, again, maybe buy a center back in the summer and you don't have to deal with this. But, you know, who mm. am I? I'm not, I'm not that. So, um, I've got a 2-1 loss for Newcastle. And I think Josh is leading in the same direction. And then Newcastle this weekend uh, will be playing Burnley. Uh I believe this one is actually at Turf Moor. I'm going to double check um, real quick. Little matches. Oh no, it's actually at St James's. So back to back matches at St James's. Back to back to back matches because Newcastle hosts PSG next week um, as well. Uh, Burnley. Um, this is, we'll do a kind of a, a normalish preview for this one. Okay. Um, injury wise, it's more of the same on the Newcastle side. Obviously, Milcraft, Mankio, Harvey Barnes, Joelinton. Uh, Joe Willick is actually somewhat close to returning, so I'm actually curious to see if he if he's named to the team tomorrow. I didn't actually realize mm. how close he was to to returning. I'm starting to look around and see that like he's that I think that they're they're planning on integrating really back into training and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, we miss him for sure. Um, uh, on the Burnley side, uh, Darko Churl 
good lord i they got some names on here i i is it is he from macedonia darko churlinov oh, you really ooh. struggle with those european names don't you i yeah oh yeah uh for sure um he he's out with a sickness i yeah He's been sick since <laughs> August sick. 25th. Like, like, it's all it says. He's been sick since August 25th. So, like, I don't know what the hell Buddy's got, but it is wrecking him uh, for sure. Uh, Hajmar Ekdal, which that's an interesting name. Um, that's like a it's like a, a FIFA career mode deep cut uh, from, like, three years ago. Johanberg <laughs> uh, Yo- Goodmanson is also injured. And then uh, Michael Ogafemi. Oh, yeah, he? He, oh, okay. he's got a muscle injury. Um I think he picked up a knock in the uh, in the uh, the Man United match. He played only twenty minutes in that, so I think he got subbed off. Uh, so anyway, uh, so Burnley missing some key players. Uh, not the best start to the season for Burnley. Negative um, nine goal differential. Only scored four goals this season. Uh, have no wins. Uh, one draw and four losses. Uh, with only one point level on points with Sheffield who uh, actually saw some Burnley accounts rooting for Newcastle to run up the score on Sheffield so that Burnley would not be in 20th. Uh, But again, it does seem like times are tough for the uh, newly promoted sides. I'm going to swing it over to Josh for uh, if he's got any stats or history he wants to uh, throw out there. I mean, they lost at home to City. Who doesn't? Yeah. No three. Um, 3-1 lost to Villa. Villa's tough. They're beaten 5-2 by Spurs. Spurs might be one of the best teams in the league now with Big Ange there. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's right? it's very odd. Like, we don't actually know how good or bad. We don't Burnley. know. Because, I mean, they, they took care of business in the cup. Like, they won 4 nothing. Like Yeah. And and um, I will tell you, like, I think Victor Company is a really good a really good manager. They found some joy against uh, Forrest. 1-0 away win in the EFL Cup. And then 1-1 draw against Forrest. And it was, I think it was... Uh, Zeke Zekai Amduni, he scored in both, right? And, oh. and and then they lost one nil to Man United. So it's this Am Amduni. Uh, it's going to be my guy to watch, by the way, when we get to that point. But um, yeah, like you said, they beat Salford City four nil in the EFL Cup third round. So they play a, a bit of a four four two, and I think it's like Amduni. He, he plays in what I can only say is like a Segunda Punta. So I mean, if you're, it's like the second a second scorer yeah so yeah, he, he, striker, yeah. he yeah he makes like delayed runs he's fed by the immediately fed by the mids on on throughs into the channel but i think more often than he than not, he's just kind of playing off of the more advanced um lyle foster and yeah. and uh and and so Ooh, another premier league uh sorry another career mode deep cut lyle foster but yes absolutely so i would just say you know, watch for watch for Amduni sort of at the top of the box, waiting for balls to come back his way. And uh, and the guy that's going to do that is probably um, uh, Koliosho. I've seen him a couple times. He likes to run instead of cutting cutting it at the top, like what we saw Gordon do and he scored his goal um, this week. Koliosho likes to run to the end line and sort of get around the back of the defenses and then play the bat the ball back across the box. And so then that way it's sort of going across the path of both Foster and Amduni. So there's going to be, you know, these attempts to get in deep on, onto the touchline and then play it back. Lots of like back to net and, and sort of this, this hope of catching Newcastle that way. So that's just sort of what I see Burnley, how, how they played so far. Um, and I'd say historically, what did I get from 11v11.com? We have 47 wins, 21 draws, 44 losses versus Burnley all-time. We did the double over them back in the 21-22 season. And I wanted to look at a November 6, 1982 match in the old Division Two, when only 20,961 showed up to St. James's Park for this match with goals by Kevin Keegan, Imre Varadi, and Chris Waddle. Wow. Uh, Ke- Kevin Carr was in between the sticks. Um, none other than defender John Anderson, who is now on the radio call for Newcastle. Uh, Steve Carney and Peter Haddock were the defenders for the game. A defensive mid was Kenny Wharton. In the midfield, you had Mick Martin, David McCreary, Terry McDermott, and Chris Waddle. Up top, you had King Kevin and Imre Varardi. It sounds Italian. But he was born in Paddington, London. His, <laughs> his dad, his dad was Hungarian, and his mom was Italian. He had 81 appearances for Newcastle with 39 goals. 
Wow. There's there's your history. And I just learned about Imre Varadi today. Yeah, that's 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 new for sure. Um, honestly, uh, we let, let, let's actually let's get into the who to look out for. Um, yeah, and then I kind of have a, a an aside from the who to look out for. I think you you handle the the individual player. But I'm going to tell you what I'm going to be looking out for Do for it. this match overall. So you tell me who who to look out for player wise. Oh, um, it was uh, well, not Lyle Foster. I think it was um, M. Dooney. Was that? Yeah, it's M. Dooney. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. And then, and then maybe um, who's this? Who's this partner that I had said? Oh, Coliosho. So those yes. are the two. Those yeah, are the two that I are healthy. Mean, that's left. Facts. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're spot on. Um, again, no, there's it's it's tough. I mean, Goodmanson being out is going to be is, is if he's if he's actually out, that'll be yeah. Good that for surprised us. me. Because um, yeah, because I think he's, also put, got, in, yeah, he's yeah. put in a good performances so far this year. I know the results haven't shown that, but he 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 he. Um, I think he he offers balance, so that's why Koliosho is able to like draw people. That's why he's able to be successful with his runs is because Goodmanson is is dangerous on the other side. So it, it kind of it, it gives defenses too much to think about and create space. Yeah, agree. Um, and then the other thing, uh, they've got just some solid players that I, I'm curious to see if they actually rotate them in. Like Sondra Burge is there, and then um, this is a, mm-hmm. a deep cut. But people remember the uh, the legend of uh, Jay Rodriguez. He's on that scene on, on uh, Burnley as well. Really? I did not know. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, but, yeah, that's a, that's a that's I think a he's my cut. age. Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's not quite. He's 34. Uh, so, I mean, but, yeah, that's like just – haven't he played he played uh, 82 minutes in the Salford City uh, match and picked up a yellow still got it (laughs) he still got it um I think for me overall though and this is kind of the thing I'm curious to see is will Burnley do what we see some teams do when especially more offensive teams I, I say some teams as if Newcastle didn't do this as well where you change your play style at some point when you get promoted in order to uh kind of prioritize safety rather mm-hmm. than prioritize how you've played in the past. And so, so far company hasn't really budged from trying to still play the attacking style that they played in the championship. But I do, I do wonder with one point with only one point so far this season, if they're going to maybe switch some things up and bunker down a little bit um, and, and maybe, and, and, and yeah, because again, they, they really haven't, de- even when they played City early on, they still tried to do a little bit of uh, a little bit of what worked for them in the past. And again, it didn't work. Like, I mean, they lost, but there are some teams that that are again, like, and, and again, there are some teams that just write it out. Like, I think about Hasn Hoogles, like Southampton teams, like, they would come, you know, when when they came back up uh, into the prem after being relegated or 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 just not being good, not really being re- relegated, but just not being good. Like he still played attacking football, whether Southampton were in sixteenth or if they were in eighth. Like he was still playing the same style and was just trusting that like things would eventually go their way. And like you could argue that's that's that was part of their demise. But like regardless. Yeah. You, there are some teams that just kind of stick to their guns, and then there are some teams that kind of roll over and switch things up. Or you have like a little bit of of, of forest who just like trust that they recruited well, and eventually things will work itself out. So I'm curious to see what route Burnley takes. And at this point of the season, we're getting into October. This is probably when you start to see the shift as as the the seat starts to warm up for some of the teams at the bottom of the table. Yeah, I think what I think of. Um, uh, a helpful factor in deciding how they play this weekend is two things. One, they, they're not idiots. They saw the result against Sheffield mm-hmm. United. And I think that they may batten down the hatches a little bit more now that they are aware that a team like Newcastle isn't, isn't just uh you know, it's not just money that was spent. The it's very, very good players that were brought in with, a, mm-hmm. with probably to me the one of the best top three coaches in the, in the league. Um, and and also a team that's confident. Like I do wonder how yeah. different this discussion is if Newcastle win 
two one or or even three nil. Like yeah. that's still like a, oh, this is another like I don't know. No, it's eight, still eight it's, it's a little different. Eight nil is like it's like it's it's the difference between a, seeing a tie fighter come over the horizon and the Death Star. You're like oh, <laughs> Snapdragon. Yeah, like, ah. yeah, yeah, facts. So so I think I think that's gonna really v- Victor Company might rethink. And even if he doesn't, you, right? you keep saying Victor when his name is Vincent. Oh, thank you. Thanks for the correction. <laughs> I appreciate that, Vincent Com- Vincent Vincent Company. Vincent Company. That's right. From from um, Belgium. From Belgium. From Belgique. Um, yeah. Even if he doesn't make the changes, I think the players will be aware of that, and they may be apprehensive, and they may not follow through with the with the tactics. We'll see how that we'll see how that plays out. For yeah, Vincent. I'm just curious to see. Yeah, yeah, the response and all that kind of jazz. Like I, I, you know, you don't really care. Like I mean, I don't think Man City care that much. But if you're also if you're if if the only reason you're not at the bottom of the table is because Newcastle eviscerated another team around you. You're probably going to be a little bit worried about <laughs> about yeah. how how good Newcastle look. Um, and then this is the last thing I'll say before we get into like a, a bit of predictions. Um, but uh, shout out to Fop Mob. That's my uh, preferred uh, football scores app. Um, so if you're still looking for one, I would recommend that one. Um, hmm. Anyway, they still actually have uh, a Vincent Company's uh, market value on here. So, in case anyone was wondering, he's worth five point two uh, U.S. million U.S. dollars. So, uh, okay, just a, a weird quirk that's still there. Um, all right, uh, predictions, Josh. What do you got? Three one Newcastle. Sorry, I missed that. It just sounded like one jumbled together. Is when you say oh. three nil Newcastle? Did my did my audio drop? Are you, can you hear me now? Oh, I can hear you now. Fine. I just, it, oh. it just for some reason, it Sorry. sounded like sped up there. It could be completely normal when I edit this. So who knows? But that's, that's three podcasting, baby. goals to one goal for Newcastle. I don't think Burnley is going to score. I think it's going to be three nil. Okay. Yeah. I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, uh, it's just, I think there's going to, yeah, there's going to be a, a there's going to be a wacky wild moment. They may even get the first one, and then we're like, "What the, what the duck?" And then turns around I mean, on them. Three straight clean sheets for this back line makes it feel like the back line we saw, yeah. you know, in the in, uh, around this time last year. I want to be wrong. Like Finn Bottman and Cher are. Yeah, I know you want to be wrong, but I'm just giving you my justification for why I don't think Burnley was scores. I think that this back line is, as much as I Too hate Dan good. Burn at times, they're really good. Um, and it's, yeah, they, they've, they just got it figured out. Like, I think they just know each other so well at this point that it's, it's tough. All right. Um, you got anything else? I think, uh, no, for, I think for, we, for previewing two matches and reviewing one, we did pretty well. We covered a wide range of topics and still managed to fit some bullshit in there. So well done. That's true. Facts. Um, oh gosh. <clears throat> Water went down the wrong pipe. Um, uh, all right. Well, that's it uh, for uh, this episode of CHN Radio. If you've listened this far, uh, set your fantasy lineup. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> or at least at least start paying attention or set a reminder to set your fantasy lineup. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's been another episode of CHN Radio. I am Elijah. That was Josh. Away the lads. Again. It's cold up there in summer. It's like sitting inside a fridge. But I wish I was on the case side. Looking at the old time bridge, I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're bawdy and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self-pity and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of the river time. I'm coming home, Newcastle. 
wish I'd never been a weird. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how weird, I'm coming home. And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door. There's a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the club again I'll brave the darkness in James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. I park the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, "Hey, how weird." I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale. I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again. I'll brave the dog, it's in James's pocket, the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming